The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or professional practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Let's start with a Smart Moves quote from Cher. She said, Women have to harness their power. It's absolutely true. It's just learning not to take the first no. And if you can't go straight ahead, you go around the corner. In essence, power is the ability to make things happen, to overcome obstacles, to take advantage of what's before you, and at times, going around the corner. To help us harness our power is my guest, Darcy Harris, international speaker, trainer, and founder of EWF International, a company offering peer advisory groups for female entrepreneurs and executives. I'll be talking with her about the Alpha Mayor, Women and Power. Using her experience from the equine world, she leads women to rethink their perceptions of power, face the fears that cause them to play small, and stop behaviors that hold them back from creating the lives they really want. Uh, listeners, you're in for a treat because we are going to learn how to embrace our power. Welcome, Darcy. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Marcia. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, you and I talked uh, about this um, uh, interview, and you talked about horses and your experience with horses, and you called this the alpha mare. So first, how did you come to use horses as a way of talking about women and power? Well, I guess that's because um, it was through my experience with horses that I actually learned about appropriate power. I think as so many other women, I kind of fell in love with horses as a child, and yet I'd never even touched one. I truly never even got near one. I, I grew up in, in the suburbs of Southern California, so I wasn't, wasn't one of those lucky girls that got to be around horses all the time, but through television and books, I just fell in love with Horses. So finally, when I was about 35, 37, <laughs> something like that, I decided to take riding lessons. Mm-hmm. And um, I will never forget that first experience on a horse 
of feeling this horse's power underneath me. At the same time, my instructor said, Darcy, anytime you are with a horse, you are the one in charge. You decide the pace, you know, whether you're going to walk or trot or canter, you decide the direction, you decide everything, and you, you are in charge. And I was completely shocked. <laughs> I, I thought the horse knew what to do. And so I discovered through learning how to ride that I was actually fearful of being in charge. And mm-hmm. I discovered how often and how easy it was to let the horse be in charge. I also discovered that being in control is not a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think we hear that term, oh, she's a control freak. And so the word control has been turned into a four-letter word, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I discovered through learning how to ride that that control and power are not bad things when you're on a horse. It's the use of gentle and consistent boundaries that through which those, those uh, cues and boundaries through which you get the horse's cooperation and can turn that into a great athletic experience. But it was very difficult for me to learn. And so there, there were all kinds of metaphors that occurred when I was on the, when I was on the horse. For example, I'll just give you one sure. example. And by the way, Marsha, you know, since we have talked about this, I could go on and on and on about <laughs> this. So if you need to interrupt me, you feel free to do so. Um, right. But why so, don't you tell, tell me about one of the metaphors? Because I think it's important why, how you got started in this. Okay. So what is that metaphor? Well, so so the first thing that happens when you when you get on the horse and you know your first experience, the horse is obviously standing still, and the rider said, "Oh, I mean," the instructor says, "Okay, now now kick the horse," which really doesn't mean a big whopping kick. It means giving a little nudge with your with your knees, applying pressure around the girth, and uh, and that's what is the cue to make the horse go forward. And so you you nudge the horse to go forward, and as soon as the horse starts to move. What do you do? You pull back on the reins. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you've just cued the horse to go forward, and now you've given the horse a cue to stop. So you're telling the horse to go forward and to stop at the same time. That can create a lot of confusion <laughs> for the horse. It can also create a lot of confusion in business. And how often do we do that? We, uh, we say we want to go forward, but when things start moving and going forward, then we get a little nervous and we get into this reactive mode and we kind of clench down and suddenly we pull back on the reins and we stop. And so um, asking the horse what to do was was difficult for, for me to do. Let's say you have a horse that's just decided to be a little bit stubborn. And so you do need to apply a little bit more pressure or you may even need to tap his bottom with the whip and it just sounds so horrible but it's really it's really not because you're not whipping the horse it's a it's a word that we have a very visual um, negative visual impression to go with that but you're not really whipping the horse you're just tapping it so that it can feel that and it's been trained when it feels that touch on mm-hmm. its side or it feels mm-hmm. the the feeling of your heels to go forward, I had a very difficult time asking the horse what to do. And well, then, 
you have to ask the horse to stop too. And and if you think it's it's not stopping, then you think, well, I can't control this horse. I'm not in charge. Uh, you know, it's such a, a wonderful um, metaphor because we, you know, this show is the business edge, and we're, we are giving practical advice to business people um, about how to be successful. And I think you you touched on so many uh, salient topics, and we're going to move on to women. But I just want to encapsulate some of the things you said about learning how, uh, that you do have control, uh, learning to take that control, learning about the horse and what is going to make the horse. You know, what it's finding out. W- w- how to communicate with your horse and also not giving these mixed messages, which is uh, go forward and stop. Cause I did the same thing when I started riding horses, it started a gallop, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how, how to control it. And as soon as it started galloping, I, I got scared and I pulled on the reins and I know that was not the way to do it. So I, you know, I'd like to move on to, um, to the real, you know, to the focus of what makes this topic of women and power important for you. I mean, you, you're passionate about this. I know this. I've talked to you about it. So why is it so important? Well, I guess that's because I've seen not just others, but myself included, experience less than we could be because of giving away power or uh-huh. abdicating power or avoiding power. Now, that's the language that I use for something very similar to what Sheryl Sandberg is talking about in her in her book *Lean In*. She's just mm-hmm. using a different she's just using a different metaphor. But um, I'll give you an example from from my own life, and I think this was probably the origin of the thought process that, for me, took another twenty years to to fully develop. But um, I had uh, what you would affectionately call a relationship failure when I was about 30. And I was just terribly, terribly broken up about this. Fortunately, my closest friend was getting her PhD in psychology. So I was just really lucky to have a friend who was very psychologically aware. And I was, like so many other young women and older women, just completely miserable at the loss of this relationship. And at some point, after hearing me whine and moan and carry on and, oh, you know, my life will be miserable forevermore without him, my friend, whose name is Pat, said to me, Darcy, do you realize that you have completely turned over the power for your happiness to this man? Uh-huh. And and I had completely given away my power. And that really stopped me in my tracks and made me think that happiness was a choice. And that, yes, this was this was very sad. And I'm, I'm not I won't make light of that. I'm kind of used, I'm exaggerating that to, uh-huh. to make uh-huh. a point. But that is hurtful and sad when a relationship ends. And yet. What we do with our lives is a choice, and I was behaving as a victim. I was acting as if I had no choice. So certainly, we all need an appropriate amount of grieving time, but it's up to us how long we let that go on. So that was probably a big aha moment for me, and as you know, I've worked almost exclusively with women Uh for the last 16 years, Right, right. And so I've seen this so often how 
women, even though they're business owners and we, we have this perception of very powerful business women, I've seen women who run very successful companies still be afraid to define their expectations for their employees, be afraid to define boundaries, to clearly define their expectations and the, the performance expectations, seeing women be very intimidated and afraid to hold people accountable because underneath all of the strength that we show in so many other areas, there's still that fear that we won't be liked uh-huh. or that somebody will use the horrible B word, you know, that that will be described as demanding or hard to please. And most of us just don't want to be thought of like that. And so in our mind, we have it as an either or. Right. They either like us or we're asking too much. And at that, you know, I'd like to stop at that point because it's a really good point. Um, and, I, and, and it's going to be time for a break. And when we come back, Darcy, I'd like you to uh, talk about that, you know, uh, the negative connotation of power. Because power can is neither good or bad. It's how we use it. So, um, listeners, it's time for a short break. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. My guest is Darcy Harris with insights and smart moves on women and power. Stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and I am talking with my guest, 
Darcy Harris with insights and smart moves on women and power. And we talked about the alpha mayor uh, and, uh, and how she got involved in working with horses and how that translates to uh, uh, running a business. And I just want to uh, quickly uh, touch on a point, Darcy, which is many of us, and I think it's both men and women, I have a negative connotation of power. I've done a lot of workshops on power and influence. Um, power is neither good nor bad. Am I correct on that? Exactly. Exactly. That's one of the key points I emphasize in any talks or workshops I do about power. It's neutral. It's what we do with it that matters. Exactly. Exactly. So let's move on to um, why do you believe women need to be power, powerful? And I would also say this can be um, um, women or men or people in leadership positions. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I think when uh, the reason I believe we as people, as you say, both men and women need to be powerful is so that we can live the lives that we want, Mm -hmm. so that we can live life intentionally. Um, Now, particularly for women, I think this is, um, we are are much farther along than we were at the turn of the century. I'm Mm -hmm. laughing to myself just a little bit because I wrote a blog post recently and um, confessed that that I've been watching the uh, the TV series Boardwalk Empire, which was set back in the 20s during Prohibition. But one of the um, one of the features that is most noticeable for me in that program is the role and the lives of women back in the 20s and how few choices they had. They had no economic control. Um, it was very rare for women to have careers. If they did not have a husband to support them or come from a wealthy family that could care for them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they really were put in a position where they had to make some very difficult choices and put up with a lot of things that were not much fun to put up with. And we had no political voice back then. Women didn't receive the right to vote until Uh, what was it, 1918, 1920, I should remember that, but I don't remember the exact date. So I think think power is the ability to to be influential. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll come back to the control word. Um, If you think control is a a bad choice, it's a bad word, then imagine what it's like to be out of control. If you've ever been in a car accident Mm -hmm. and been out of control, that is no fun. And so we, we have to contrast it with, with the opposite. Right. And I liked your point about power is uh, being influential. Um, and as a leader, we need to, to have power to influence our employees, to influence our stakeholders, to get things done. Um, so can you talk just a little more about um, how to be influential or is that coming later in, in your in, in our discussion? Well, I think when we are, I'm going to go back to the to the horse metaphor for this, mm-hmm. Marcia. When you think about power, is is um, is being influential, and and it is it's a like a force. But again, the word force has a negative connotation because uh, we we picture something very negative. And so um, if we want to be influential with the horse, the horse has to trust us. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. And th- this is one of the most beautiful relationships in the world to watch female equestrians compete, let's say, at an Olympic level. Anyone who's even ridden a horse on a little nose-to-tail trail ride knows that there's a lot more to it than, than you would think. Will you look at what, um, what horses will do when there's a relationship of trust between the rider and the horse, and the rider asks the horse to, to give more, to go forth, to jump over a fence, or to, um, to clear some brush, or to, to, um, to uh, canter instead of trot, and to exert some effort, and to do intricate patterns and turns. That comes from trust. And so that's, that's why that, that trust is at the core of, of power. We're really not powerful unless we're trusted. We may get short-term coercive power, as Blaine Lee wrote about in his book years ago called The Power Principle. Coercive power works, but it does not work for very long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's power through influence and trust that really has uh, lasting meaning for us. And it's interesting because when you use the word trust, that is so uh, prominent now um, in the literature uh, of leadership, that how to gain your people's trust. And it's so easy to, and it, it can, and it has to do with your credibility, and you can easily lose your credibility by things you do or things you don't do. But I think there's another aspect of trust, which is trusting yourself, trusting your abilities, trusting your experience. And I would imagine, because I am a woman, that sometimes I find I don't trust myself um, as much as I I should. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, and that's that's one of the things that that you finally learn on on the back of a horse is you learn to trust yourself, and you may enter some unpredictable situations, mm-hmm. but through practice, you realize that you know how to handle those unpredictable situations. For example, the the starting point of me developing um, an article and then a talk and then a very long workshop about women in power was an accident that I had where um, the horse I was riding tripped and um, took a sharp right turn and bolted towards the gate, and I did exactly the wrong thing, and I kind of curled up and went fetal and ended up flying off the horse, landed, of course, on my rear end and and, uh, ended up in the emergency room with a broken pelvic bone. Well, the the old adage is true. You really do have to get back on the horse. You do. (laughs) And the reason that you have to get back on the horse is so that you can learn how to do it correctly the next time. That horse didn't really do anything wrong. I could have blamed it on the horse as my friends did and said, oh, well, that's just a bad, you need to ride another horse. It wasn't the horse's mistake. The horse did what was natural to the horse. And so I had to learn how to handle that unexpected situation so that I could develop trust in myself. And really, Marcia, that that happens through practice. Over and over and over again. (laughs) What looks easy today for us was not easy when we first started. 
Um, it, that is so true. And just a quick uh, a little story from my own experience. Um, uh, I lived internationally and I lived in Scandinavia and I learned to ski at the same age you were learning to uh, get on a horse, which is around 35. And I remember the ski and I was petrified. And I remember the ski instructor, wonderful woman said, we're not taking you way up there. We're taking you to the bunny hills. And, right. and and I practiced, and we didn't even have poles. We just she just helped us how to use our body, how to control our body. That was the important thing: how to control our body so that we feel comfortable. And only then, with gradual practice, that you went up to the big, you know, to the top of um, um, and started skiing down. So I think you have these stories. I think are important for our listeners to realize that. It doesn't happen overnight and that you should trust yourself and trust your abilities and have some trusted friends as well. Because my ski instructor was a trusted friend. And I would imagine the person who who helped you ride was also trusted. Am I correct on that? Some instructors more than others. Let me put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But but the point I would like to make is that we really learn. And so for me, the metaphor became horses. And mm-hmm. now, I, now I've been a yoga student for 15 years, and so I could just as easily use yoga metaphors. You've got ski metaphors, mm-hmm. um, someone else that may be golf or it may be tennis. What's really important to know about that is when we learn it physically, we have really learned it. It's not just in the head. It's not just from the neck up. We have integrated it deep in our core, in our center, and that's when we know we have really, really learned it. So um, uh, we have uh, uh, several minutes more, and uh, obviously I want to get into the idea of what women, what we can do, um, you know, t- how do we utilize our power and what we can do. But I'd like to ask you just a couple other questions. Um, um, I think we talked about why women feel uncomfortable with, with power, um, and is one reason that they associate power with masculinity? Is that one of the reasons? Well, I, I think so, but not just masculinity, because okay. my guess is that that most of us have seen positive masculine examples of power as well as negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that some of the negative examples of power have been have been masculine. And I think, um, again, I'll, I'll refer back to just women's women's history here. Women mm-hmm. have often been on the losing end of power. And, um, and, and again, that can be a very physical experience. Um, so um, I, I think we can be uncomfortable with the concept of power when we've been in a, feel, in a situation where we truly were powerless, where we had no economic voice, where we had no political voice, where we had no career voice, and we had fewer, fewer choices. Mm-hmm. I think women develop negative perceptions of power, as do men, because appropriate, honorable power is so often invisible that mm-hmm. we just don't see it. And it, it just doesn't make a great news story. It's the negative stories about power that are newsworthy, but that's when power has been abused or overused or, or misused. That's what makes the news. Right. Because it creates some drama. This is true in in the books that we read. 
and, um, you know, the dramatic books and TV programs. This is what makes Boardwalk Empire so, <laughs> so addictive because it's really a, completely, it's a show that is completely about the abuse of power. It's about, it's totally about the, the abuse of power. And so that's what we've seen because it's been dramatized. And, uh, and I think it is possible that we associate that with a, with a very masculine view of, you know, it's my way or the highway. Right, uh, right. Do it because I said so. But, you know, as the years go by, these things change. It's not, it's not that way as much now as it, as it was certainly at the turn of the century. And each generation that comes after us, it will continue to change and grow. Well, at this point, you know, I want to, I think uh, an important thing to say is, just from our discussion, is that we need role models for, for appropriate power, power that, uh, that gets things done, but you may not think that person is, is powerful. And so when we, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, let's talk about some role models for power, and also, what can we do to get more comfortable with power? Um, so it's time for a short break. This is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach, and my guest is Darcy Harris, and when we return with more insights and smart moves on women and power. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. 
Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zollo, your Smart Moves Coach, and I'm having a fascinating conversation with Darcy Harris, who's talking about the Alpha Mayor Women Empower, and we've talked so much about the, the, the last was um, power is really influencing, and you have to have trust. Trust People have to trust you, and you have to trust yourself as you embrace your power. And, and so, uh, Darcy, how about one or two or a couple of, of role models of people who, of, of women who exhibit uh, the positive personal uh, power? Who might they be? Well, I think some recognizable figures would be, of course, Oprah. And um, she, she's not only been a very powerful influence in television and entertainment, but I love the examples of the way she has used her power for the greater good with the schools that she has started in Africa. She's a very, very generous woman. And, of course, she, she loves to help women develop self-awareness and feel good about themselves. And, of course, Sheryl Sandberg, now the uh, COO of Facebook that wrote the book Lean In, I think is becoming much more recognizable. And I think there are some women in politics that have been very brave and, um, and spoken up. You know, during this last uh, political uh, issue that we had, it was really the women that came together to try to foster some kind of uh, compromise and reconciliation. That's what got things going again. Right. So uh, what I would suggest uh, to listeners is to look for for women and and for role models within your own community, because you don't, most of us don't know Oprah or uh, uh, Sherry Sandberg, but we have people in our own community. And one of the people I interviewed a couple weeks ago was Valerie Freeman, uh, and she has been a uh, an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur for 30 years, and she talked about, you know, her lessons learned, and she is now um, growing other women. So, so again, look in your community, find those role models, and get to know them, and get to go- know the lessons learned. Um, I want to move this now to uh, briefly talk about, uh, Darcy, why, um, what, what are the ways you see women giving away or avoiding their power? Because we do have power. We just, we just don't use it or we give it away. Can you well, talk a bit about that? Well, that's true. That's very true. In fact, um, that makes me think of something. You know, um, so often we hear about programs and people talking about empowering women and mm-hmm. women talk about this, that it's a women's empowerment program or a women's empowerment book or seminar or whatever. And I always flinch a little bit about that because I, I believe if someone has to empower me, then I don't have power and someone else has to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's contrary to what I believe. So I think women already have power. We already have it. We live in a country that, by law, we have as much power as men do. Now, if we're talking about a third world country where the laws, like in Saudi Arabia, where women can't even drive cars, that's a different story. But women in the United States, we have power. We just maybe give it away. And so one of the ways we've talked about um, giving our power away by not taking care of ourselves, by not having boundaries, by not making our desires or expectations clear. But one of the ways women give away their power that they may not realize this is what they're doing is by gossiping and talking trash about other women, criticizing mm-hmm. other women. And this breaks my heart because mm-hmm. I have had a wonderfully rewarding experience 
Nothing has made me happier in my career than working with women. So I know it doesn't have to be that way. But mm-hmm. when we do this, when we gossip and when we we find fault with other women, it's really making us look bad. You know, we come back to the issue of trust. Mm-hmm. It, it does much more damage to our reputation than it does to the reputation of the person that we're criticizing or talking about. So gossiping and talking badly about other women is giving away your power. So what can you do to counter that? Mm-hmm. Look for the good in other women and affirm that. Affirm the good in them. Make it your intention every day to say something kind or complimentary or affirming to another woman that you know. Even if it's somebody that you you maybe not be your favorite person. Find one thing. <laughs> I like your hair today or what a what a nice jacket or I like the way you handled that situation. And what happens is that you realize how good that feels. It feels so much better than that dark feeling that we get when we're finding fault or criticizing one another. You know, that that strikes home so much. I'm 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 smiling and chuckling to myself because I know of one at least one or two women that I have some contact with and I'll be very honest, I can't stand them. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Um, and um, I, 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 I fantasize negative things and blah, you know, and um, and you've cha- you, you're reframing that for me. So I want to thank you, and I hope it's reframing it for our listeners to look at that person in a different light. What is positive about that person? How can I make that person smile? Because because I think that is the start of developing or redeveloping a relationship that I may have had with that person uh, or uh, at one time. So I, I, I thank you, Darcy, for that <laughs> for that welcome. insight. Uh, and um, so, you know, what other things can women do to be more comfortable with power? Because I want to move this from this victim mentality that some of us may have to more of a I'm in power I'm in control well what can I do to to uh, feel that know that live that well okay the first thing you can do is take writing lessons (laughs) (laughs) okay but short of taking writing lessons I think this this sounds so simple but it really is noticing it's being very intentional about noticing throughout your day Um, because it's all about self-awareness. At the end of the day, do a little reflection or examination. How did I go about my day today? Did I ask for what I want? And, And to do this not in a way to beat yourself up or beat other people up or get mad at people or get mad at yourself, but noticing, did I ask for what I want? Did I... Uh, Did I say yes too quickly? Did I really give that enough reflection? And then being aware that there are probably some areas where you're very comfortable in our own power and some areas where we are not. And this is true for me, too. Very true for me, too. I don't want any of your listeners to think that I have this whole thing perfected because this is life. And, um, and and we just go through this one day at a, a time. One of the ways that I tend to give away my power is I, I often don't ask enough questions mm-hmm. when I have, let's say, a repairman coming out to the house or I need my trees trimmed or whatever, things that I 
not only don't know about, but I really don't want to know about. And so I don't ask enough questions. Then I maybe get surprised by the service or the bill or something. And it wasn't their fault. It's because I didn't ask. It's because I didn't make my expectations clear. And so we have to we have to see what our own Achilles heel is and then just practice small steps in that direction instead of trying to go from zero to sixty in ten seconds. We if we're if part of our problem is that we're not uh, setting boundaries, then start with small boundaries. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if part of the problem is that we um, we don't express our expectations, start by small expressing small desires or small expectations. And this can be very different situationally. There are some um, some women who are very comfortable doing that at home and yet mm-hmm. not in the workplace. Some that are very powerful and comfortable doing that in the workplace and yet at, at home they're taking 100% of the responsibility for everything that happens under that roof and not expressing their expectations there. So we have to know what's true for our own unique selves. And and I want to um, uh, now uh, move this to uh, running a business, being in a leadership position, because what I have found with many managers, men and women, um, is uh, when they are managing a team or a staff or a department, a couple things. Um, they don't set expectations about what is, you know, w- what they want. Um, they um, maybe not set boundaries. Um, as, as one person, one manager said to me, do I always have to, someone always interrupts me. Uh, should I, you know, I, I've been told to have an open door policy. Well, in helping that manager, I said, well, maybe you can set some times when your door is open and when it's closed. Ah, I said, do you think you might be able to t- tell your, your staff about that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, so I think the expectations and the boundaries are really important. Uh, do you have a couple of other things? Uh, we have about a, a couple minutes more before we go to our next break that can help people, help women be more powerful. Well, I think you just brought up uh, a really good point, and that was it was through objective conversation that this person had that aha moment. So one of the things we can do is find somebody we trust that we can talk to. That could be a coach like you. I mean, you have such a good, solid head on your shoulders and so practical and objective, so we can find a good coach that we can talk to or a friend that will be objective. Now, we all have friends that take our side and defend us, but that's not always what we need. We need friends that can also hold up a mirror and say, you know what, I think in that in that situation, I called a friend last night. Someone had made a request of me that I was not comfortable um, giving an affirmative answer to. And I called a friend and said, you know, uh, I'd like your objective, honest opinion about this. Do you think I'm being overly sensitive? And we talked it out. And in, in, in conclusion, she said, no, I think, I think it's best if you decline this. And so we need someone else that we can talk to about this. I, I don't think this self-awareness happens in a vacuum. And at that point... Um we are going to take a short break, 
And uh, you have so, so many gems here, Darcy. And so um, I know people will want to uh, be able to contact you. So, listeners, when we come back, Darcy will talk about how to contact her and other things about uh, her business. So uh, it's, t- it's time for a break. And when we come back, uh, Darcy will talk about uh, maybe uh, insights into how to contact her. And so stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at SmartMovesCoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. My guest has been Darcy Harris, and she talked about the Alpha Mayor Women in Power, and she's helped us, I believe, harness our power so that we can be more successful. So, Darcy, uh, can you tell uh, the listeners how to contact you? And I know you have a special offer. Oh, I would be glad to. Um, listeners can reach me at Darcy at DarcyHarris.com. And I am Darcy with an I-E, D-A-R-C-I-E at DarcyHarris.com. They can go to my website, DarcyHarris.com. And I would also like to invite your listeners, if this particular topic really spoke to you today, and uh, for some of you it, it may not, but others it, it may, I have a four-session e-course, and I would like to invite any guests of Marsha's to sign up for that e-course, and any friends of Marsha's that are listening to the show can use a special discount code to get $100 off. And so if you will email me, Darcy at DarcyHarris.com and tell me that you listened to the Marsha Zidal radio program. I will give you that um, special promotional code to get $100 off. You can look at information about this on my website, 
DarcyHarris.com slash Alpha Mare, A-L-P-H-A-M-A-R-E, and find out all about this this course, which, by the way, comes with a wonderful 30-page workbook that goes along with this, because as we've talked about this, Marcia, you, you can see this is the work of a lifetime. Yes. This is not something that you do once and you just check it off your list. This is So this workbook is like your own personal journal. When I travel, I take a travel journal and try to write down my right, perceptions. Right. And that's what this workbook is like. It's, it's like going on a, a self-discovery journey that walks you through your perceptions of power and how to fully embrace your full potential, rewriting some of these stories that may keep you stuck or hold you back, and then concludes with designing your own personal mission statement so that you truly are living the life that you really want. I want to thank you so much because it sounds like a great offer. And now... It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. What's your business culture? How do you live it? To me, culture is like an iceberg. We know from the Titanic that only the top of the iceberg was visible. The larger portion was below the waterline. Invisible, yet it had great impact. In fact, it brought the Titanic down. In a company, the visible aspects of culture are what we see on the surface. For example, your logos, symbols, how space is used, the way people dress. The not-so-visible aspects, that's what's underneath the iceberg, are your values, what's important, what you care about, and the norms, the way people are expected to act. They impact your company in these ways. So what is it, why is a culture so important and why is it that you need to know what your culture is? First, they establish your identity so that employees as well as customers feel connected and committed to you. Second, they align your company, team, and individual goals so that everyone is rowing in the same direction. And we know that that's not always the case in companies. And third, And I think this is one of the most important. They provide the basis for making the right decisions and taking the right actions. They allow managers to manage less and lead more. Essentially, it's what's below the waterline that drives your companies to success or failure. That means culture is not putting nice-sounding words on a piece of paper and posting it on the wall. Culture To have a really significant culture, an impactful culture, means that you build it one day at a time, one interaction after another. So how do you start? This is what I tell my clients. Get feedback. Two simple words. Get feedback. First, at your next staff, team, or board meeting, ask your your employees these questions. One, if you had to describe what it's like to work here, what would you tell someone? Two, if you could change one thing to make your job easier, what would it be? Three, 
Do we exceed, meet, or disappoint your expectations? How can we as a company improve? After getting answers, determine what did you learn? Were there some surprises? What is one thing that you would change to enhance your employees' experience in working with your company? It doesn't need to be big or expensive. Just painting the break room, having vending machines that work, let me tell you, that goes a long way. Second, it's really important you talk with your customers and ask, what is it like to do business with us? Are we easy or are we difficult? Two, if you can change one thing to have a better experience with us, what would it be? And three, do we exceed, meet, or disappoint your expectations? How can we improve in giving you a better customer experience? After getting that feedback, determine what did you learn? Were there some surprises? And I bet there were. And then think about what one thing would you do to, to enhance your customer's experience with your company? Again, it doesn't need to be big or expensive. It could be having cookies and coffee in the waiting room to make people feel more comfortable. So here's your Smart Moose tip. Most people can readily recognize companies with a great effective culture. Take, for example, Apple and Google, known for innovation, Zappos and Land's End, known for quality products and excellent service. But a great culture can also be in your backyard. Is it the local hospital known for high levels of patient satisfaction? Or your favorite restaurant known for fabulous foods and knock your socks off service? or a trusted vendor from whom you rely on their quality and timeliness. What can you learn from them? Listeners, what's your company culture? Do you know? Take this 15-question uh, survey and find out. Send an email to me, Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com with the word culture in the subject line or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, next week's program is the one-page business plan, a discipline for growth and success. The last three years have been a wild roller coaster, and there's no clear signs that there is smooth sailing just around the corner. But some businesses have done better than others, much better. Most likely, they were headed up by leaders who were focused and disciplined. Jim Horan, best-selling author, professional speaker, consultant, and creator of the One Page Business Plan, will introduce us to this simple but very powerful and practical planning process that will definitely take your business to the next level. Tune in Wednesday, November 20th, 11 Pacific, 2 Eastern. Here's a smart moose question for you listeners. Entrepreneurs and business leaders each have their place in the business world. It's the entrepreneur who forges the path and the leader that th turns it into a highway. 
Which one are you? Yes, you can be both, but it requires both a marketable vision and an effective execution. Do you have what it takes to be both? Can you be an entrepreneur and a leader? Let me know. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who ask, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me now for a free consult, 972-380-9181, or email Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in every week, 11 Pacific, 2 Eastern, for the Business Edge with Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker. Helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.